Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Joanne Wilson. Well, God gave me such a word today that um, I pray it does what it did to me. It shook me in the best way, and it really helped me to understand so many things about my value. And I pray that when you walk out of here, you have no question about the love that God has for you. We're going to read out of Exodus 2.1, and we've probably heard this story, whether or not you grew up in church. Um, and if you did grow up in church, you definitely have heard this story. But it's the story of, of Moses and, and his mother, Exodus 2.1. It reads, Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, if you wouldn't mind, say fine with me, she hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it along the reeds along the bank of the Nile. That's a river. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket along the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went, to get the, went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. And when, he, when the child grew older, she took him to the Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses saying, I drew him out of the water. Father God, Lord, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you do and all that you've done for all of us, Lord. I pray that I lie down as you rise up. I pray that this message may speak to the hearts of your children today. May you be glorified like the glory with the glory that you deserve. You are amazing. And God, I know that you're gonna speak to our hearts today. I pray that we don't leave here the same and I pray that we leave here loving you even more than we may have when we walked in. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. If you're taking notes um, or if you're in your app, you'll see that today's message is unreasonable faith. Unreasonable faith. As we celebrate Mother's Day today, um, I want us to look at how God uses a mother to do something so unreasonable. And it ends up changing the entire course of history for the rest of eternity. 
And it seemed like it was, a, it was hopeless at this time for a specific nation, the Hebrew, the, the Jewish people, but she changes everything. He uses her to do that. I believe that mothers are God's special instruments and he uses them to do his special things, right? And um, I, I think that they're vessels of miracles, meaning they have the capacity to hold and to do the impossible things that no one else can. Sometimes it takes the unreasonable faith of a mom to accomplish God's impossible things, right? I think we need to be a little, or actually a lot unreasonable to live in this post-pandemic world. I mean, between war and extreme weather crisis and uh, political divide and systemic racism, uh, widespread hate, pop culture-isms and all of that stuff, uh, and, and, and even like the Florida man. What? The floor, all the headlines, it's always like Florida man, and then he did something crazy. So I had to see if y'all was away. Y'all was a little bit... And all the attacks on our children, it, it, it's, isn't it all enough to, to drive us crazy? Uh, we need a little bit of unreasonable faith to be able to navigate through all of that, don't we? Living in Egypt at the time was really challenging for um, Moses' mother and, and the people um, that were there. And see... From the death of Joseph in Genesis 50, 26, to the rise of the new Pharaoh that we're reading about in Exodus, it was more, it was about 200 years of time that had spanned through there. So this new Pharaoh didn't know much about Joseph. See, Joseph was one of the 12 sons of Jacob and his wife, Rachel, and he was known as the righteous one and one of his father's favorites. You guys heard those stories about the coat of many colors. His father gave him that because that was his, he was his favorite. And, and his brothers were so jealous and they hated on him because of all these things and the favor that he has on his life, had on his life that they sold Joseph into slavery um, to Egypt. And he ultimately, uh, they sold him to Egypt. And that's where he ultimately ends up becoming the ruler second in command to Pharaoh. So a, a, a Hebrew man had already amassed a position of influence and power in the society. And so this, this Pharaoh wasn't really concerned or didn't know about uh, this Joseph. So now we're in this time and the Egyptians view the Israelites of the time as a threat because there's so many of them. So they've been in this land and they're they're, you know, they're growing in population and that's making the Egyptians uh, nervous and, and, and Pharaoh really nervous. So he, he, he's thinking, man, one of these days, they're just going to be, they're going to turn on me and, and they're going to take over uh, the, my, my kingdom. And so I, I, he's getting nervous, okay? 
So he starts to really, really deal with them treacherously. Like he oppresses them like never before. He puts that he, they're enslaved. He makes their lives miserable and bitter. And you know, that's that he's trying to do whatever he can so that he can maintain power in the civilization. And so um, one, of the, one, one of his ideas was uh, in order to control the population, he says, okay, I want you to kill all of the Hebrew boys, but you can, you can leave the girls alive and and the midwives the Hebrew midwives are like nah I ain't doing that because they understood that they were more scared of what God would do to them than what Pharaoh would do to them and so Pharaoh then commands his people to take the babies and throw them into the Nile River and this is where we read the story of Jochebed listen them names them Hebrew names and that's the mother of Moses. See, Jochebed was a mom on a mission, and she reminds us why moms are so incredible. I believe this story also shows us the power of God realized through a mother. See, God plus mom is a powerful combination, right? As I thought through um, what God was speaking and, and, and as I was reading this story, questions came to mind and I want to offer you these questions as you consider what God is speaking to you and the first is do you see what God sees let's go back to the text Exodus 2 1 it says now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son when she saw that he was a fine child she hid him for three months. See, Moses' mom was living in the middle of really trying times. It was a hard life, as I described before. She and her people were enslaved and oppressed in Egypt. And although they were, that didn't change what she saw in her baby. The Bible said that she saw that he was a fine child. In Greek, the word fine is prostimo, which means refined excellence, elevated, sharp. In the hood, <laughs> fine means you got it going on, right? So Moses said, my child is fine. My baby is fine. I believe the key that she was, was that she knew who she was. She was a Levite woman. See, her tribe was of the Levite tribe, descendants of Jacob. See, the firstborn of every son of, of the Levite tribe were to be designated. They were designated as priests, and they were going to be used for God's special purposes. And so she knew who she was, and she knew who was in her hand. Here she is in the middle of, of the worst time and place, and yet she's able to see the best in her baby boy because she sees what God ordained. She doesn't allow her circumstance to determine the future of her baby. She sees her baby for what God sees him as. Isn't that just like a mother to see the best in her children? I mean, come on, we've all, we've all seen the interview, right, on the news, and it's like some, some guy or some, 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 somebody, maybe it's Florida man, just did some crazy thing and then the interviewer goes to the mom and what does she say? Oh, he's such a good boy. Meanwhile, he's killed like half the country and, and he's such a good boy. 
And it's funny because we may think, man, you know, that she's delusional and we're laughing at it, right? But really it demonstrates the heart of a mother, right? That she can always see the best in us. Moses' mother saw that he was fine. But I love that her point of view was not based on anything that he did. I mean, he was just a baby at the time, right? So he hadn't done anything yet in his life. Her, her assessment of him was because her faithfulness allowed her to see him for who he really was. See, she recognized the spirit of God dwelling in him, and she knew God had a special purpose for him. I believe it, with all of my heart that this is how God sees us. He sees the best in us. He sees our potential. He sees who he designed us to be. He sees our purpose before we ever see it in ourselves. Oh, I wish there were some people in the place that understood what God saw in them. See, you are special. You are God's chosen one. See, the word of God tells us in 1 Corinthians 3, 16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? In 2 Corinthians 1, 21 through 22, it says, and it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and he has anointed us and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guaranteed, my God. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind and self-control. But God said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or his height or stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees, not as the man sees, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Do you see what God sees? Later on in, in Moses' life, we read about his, his disability. See, he has a disability. He stutters when he speaks. And he stuttered so much that his brother Aaron had to step in a lot for, to speak for him throughout his life. And when the Lord, at the, there was a time where the Lord orders Moses. He orders Moses to, to go and approach Pharaoh. And he tells him, and Moses' response as the Lord told him to go approach Pharaoh is, I, I, I am slow of speech and slow of tongue, as if God didn't know. Isn't it funny that we, we, we like to, to inform God of the things he already knows about us? See, he knows about all your limitations, yet he still chose you. And he still chose Moses, amen? I am slow of speech and, of, and slow of tongue, he says. And here's the Lord, hear the Lord's reply, and I can hear this in my mom's voice too. Then the Lord said to Moses, see, I have made you like God to Pharaoh. And your mother Aaron will be, your brother Aaron will be your prophet. You are to say everything I command you and your brother Aaron to tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites go out of this country. See, Moses saw limitation, but God saw the limitless power that he put in him. How do you see yourself? If you have any question or hesitation about how uh, uh, God sees you, you gotta read his word. It's all in here. These pages are filled 
with how he sees you and the lens at which he's willing to go through for you. This is a record. This holds a record of everything God has done for you. So get comfortable with it. If you're ever wondering, it's all in there. See, he sees you. He loves you. He sees sons and daughters. He sees greatness. He sees himself in you. See, you got it going on, y'all. You fine. And you know why you fine? You're not fine because of anything you did. You fine because he sees himself in you. Come on. The Bible says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellence of him. That means you are excellent because he is who calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I love that. That is such a beautiful love, a story, poem, words. It's a declaration of his love that is in you. See, Peter uses this language as, he, as he's the author of this particular verse. He's, he's using this language um, that has been used to describe God's special relationship with Israel. As Israel was, we believers, the church, right? That's all of us, are also a chosen race. But unlike Israel, though we are not the race in the sense of, uh, of ethnicity, of, of color of our skin, um, of country of old origin, we are a spiritual race. In the sense that in Christ, we share a single spiritual father. In that same meaning, we are a holy nation, a specific group of people called out and set apart from other nations. That's who you are. How do you really see yourself? I think it's a very important question to work out in yourself. We gotta, we gotta stop this whole thing of looking down on people and, and acting like you know, we're better than them or you know, like they're not worthy and like they can't come here to church to hear the word of God. See, the reality is, is that the bank account, that's not what makes us fine. Your status, that doesn't make you fine. Your position, your titles, your followers don't make you fine. See, the struggles you come through with God, oh, yes, that makes you fine. Perfected through the fire, as a matter of fact, right? You're on the other side. See, we got to stop allowing our past failures to determine what God can and cannot do in our lives. See, you're not your past failures and mistakes. You go through them and move on. Learn from them. Amen? We got to stop living in fear and, 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 and hiding who, or rather whose we are. We are because I think people are so afraid because of who they think they're going to offend. But man, we got to stop allowing these cancer culture, these cancel culture vultures uh, to tell us that we have to use a bunch of pronouns to define ourselves because they're insecure about who they are. If you want to use them, that's fine. But I don't need to. I know exactly who I am. I'm sorry, but I'm not really that sorry. I know who I am. I don't need to place a bunch of labels in an email signature so you could see me. God sees me. That's all I need, amen? I hope I don't end up on Shade Room, but if I do, at least it's for God, hey. <laughs> Which brings me to my next question. I don't care. 
I'm a mama. Mama don't care. <laughs> mama really don't care about who she offends. I, I, I love that energy. Why reason with the world? Verse three. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. See, Moses' mama was crazy, right? <laughs> Could you imagine, like, she's up in there with this basket and she's over there <laughs> singing God's praises, you are able, just painting it with tar and, and doing her thing and everybody walking by the kitchen like, what in the world? is she doing now? But see, we know she was waterproof in that basket. Very ingenious. That was amazing. And um, she sends this baby who probably couldn't swim. I say probably because I've seen some babies actually can swim, but I'm assuming that he couldn't swim. And she puts the basket down in the Nile River. See, the Nile wasn't this cute little quiet river. It wasn't one of those like nice little brooks you sit by and, you know, one like that. See, the Nile in ancient Egypt was used for trading. So it was like, it had big ships. It was a lot of activity going back and forth. It was a transportation route for the civilization. Ships would, would bring um, goods and things to different ports all throughout the Nile. See, this was a busy and high, it was like I-95 on boats. Like, that's crazy. And this is where Moses' mama drops her child in a basket. Pretty crazy, right? And I, I, I love how the Bible is like, oh, um, his sister stood at the side to see. I feel like she was like, I got to see this. I got to see what's going to happen because this right here, this is some crazy stuff. And I love it because it's such a, it, it's, it's unreasonable. The whole thing is insane. It's unreasonable in the world standards, but with God, oh, with God. It is more than possible, it is brilliant, and moreover, it works. See, you gotta be a little crazy and unreasonable to be able to do the impossible, and I love that this is how Moses' life begins because throughout his entire life, he's gonna be doing some unreasonable and crazy things in his life, right? This is almost like the beginning, the precursor to all the things that he will do in his life. See, we can't expect to see unreasonable miracles if we're reasoning with the world. We gotta be a little bit unreasonable. I think, like I said, moms are, moms are unreasonable. I, I mean, I'm reminded of all the unreasonable moments that I had growing up. I mean, I don't understand why I have to be called out of my bed in my room on the whole other side of the house to get my mom a glass of water who's right there. This was my life growing up. Sorry, mama, I love you. I'll do it for you any day. But like, this was, when I was a kid and she would do this, actually my dad did it too. Like, I would be like, oh, fine, I gotta get, and it just, I, I, it, didn't, it didn't compute. I just didn't understand. It was just so unreasonable. And I said, I'll never do that to my kid when I have a kid. <laughs> Y'all already know. It's great. I pay bills. You go get my water. <laughs> so 
So my 12-year-old, she wanted to go on this little field trip with her friends for school and all that, and it was all good. She wanted to go to Orlando or somewhere, and, and she's like, tells me like the, the night before, like, who does that? Um, but anyway, so she's like begging and pleading to go, and, and you know what, something in my spirit just didn't feel right. You know, you know what I'm talking about, mamas, where you just know that it, it just ain't right. So I, I, I just, I was like, no, that's just not happening. And so, of course, she's like anxious about it. And she keeps asking me over and over. And then finally, she had the nerve to ask, well, why? Honey. <laughs> I said, all right. That's what we're going to do today. So I hit her with the, because I said so. You know, I said, let me put my hands at the side. You know, so I, I said, I'm not going hit, to hit her physically, but I'm going to hit her with the because I said so. And see, I could sit her down and, you know, I could do that and explain to her all the reasons why I didn't think it was right. But, you know, in that moment, I felt like I had to flex a little bit. I had to let her know that you ain't going to get what you want and you're, you have to be okay with that throughout your life. You're not always going to get what you want, right? There was a bigger lesson in that. So, you know, I didn't sit and explain to her and I just let her... You know, I just said, because I said so, and I just looked at her, and she looked at me waiting for a response, and I was like, I don't have to say anything else. I don't have to explain myself to you. See, I think a lot, the problem with a lot of parents is they feel like they have to explain themselves to their kids, and then they wonder why, I hate you, Mom. All of that stuff starts happening. See, the problem with explaining stuff to your kids is that then they, they it's, it's, it's like they're predators. It's, it's like... <laughs> It's like they smell blood when they, when they feel like they've got you, like, they, like a weakness is exposed, and then they feel like they can just get you, and then they can control you. And I'd be like, I had to let her know, because I said so. You better exercise that authority in your life. I'm not going to reason with a child, and God certainly doesn't reason with us. When we start pouting and complaining about things that hasn't gone our way, does God sit around and reason with us? That doesn't make it mean, but the problem is, is that God understands something that we don't. God has seen what we haven't seen. God has seen the forecast. He can see the full story. We're just in our moment. So you can't reason. He can't reason with us. He doesn't have to explain himself to us. In this crazy world where our kids are being overexposed to all these things, we have to be a little bit more unreasonable to, to protect them, right? See, my child is special. My child is fine, and her potential is amazing, and I will protect that. See, in the world's reasoning, see, I, 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 I personally, in order to raise our kids in this world, my child, I, I need the Holy Spirit, and the world reasoning tells us that the Holy Spirit is nonsense, right? But by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do anything, right? See, worldly reasoning will have you on the outside of God's supernatural power. I don't know about you, but I need his power to navigate this world. See, the enemy is not reasonable in his pursuits and his assignment to kill, steal, and destroy. So I can't be reasonable in my fight. Amen? We got to be diligent and unreasonable in our pursuit to fight back. We got to be diligent in protecting our families and our communities. We have to be diligent in praying over our kids and anointing our kids and anointing our families because the enemy ain't playing fair. See, y'all need to get up. 
get up and get that authority and that boldness and know that God has empowered you with his power, with his Holy Spirit to protect your kids. But you gotta be a little bit unreasonable. You can't reason with the world. The world tells you it's nonsense. See, and I get it. I get it. I think, I think you know, some of us have, in this pandemic, yes, we're living in a post-pandemic world, and I don't know, I sense a little bit of, of hesitation in people. I feel like some of us have, have lost our grit and our boldness. Some of us have lost that fire inside of us because the pandemic kind of halted us and maybe we were too scared to move or maybe even more practically, maybe we've lost somebody. And maybe it's even a mom on a day like this. This is a very painful day for many people um, who've lost somebody, especially a mother. I understand that you're hurting. And the world says that we should alleviate those pains, right? We should medicate those pains or maybe you know, the world offers us vices to quiet down the depression or whatever it is, the sadness. But here's what God says. Cast your cares on me and I will sustain you. I will never let the righteous be shaken. I will never leave or forsake you. I am close to you. I feel like that's a word straight to your heart from God himself. It is a word from God. When you are weak, I am strong, he says. You're in the perfect state for God to show up in your life. Have you ever gotten a boo-boo, like a cut or a scrape or something like that? I remember as a child, I was very active and quite frankly, I was very uh, clumsy and I probably, I still am. Let's get that. And so I would be playing all the time, and it was always a bump on the head, a scrape, a scratch, or something. He's laughing because he's always at the other end of my clumsiness. But I was very active, and I always got hurt. It was always so pick, pick a day. I was always, something was always wrong. Like, and I always remember almost every time something happened, I would run to my mom. I'd run to her, um, and like so many moms throughout time, even you guys right now, she'd open up her arms, like, oh, and then she would come and she would kiss the boo-boo, right? Y'all ever had that happen to you? She would kiss the boo-boo, and somehow I was okay, and I would run back to play and get her again and come back for another one. But mom's remedy was so amazing. Her remedy was to kiss the pain, as simple as that gesture is, I believe that it is so profound. What mom was doing was reframing my thought, changing my mind about that pain, about the hurt. By kissing the boo-boo, she got me to stop focusing on hurting and how whatever circumstance got me there, and she got me to focus on the fact that she was wrapping herself, wrapping her love around me. That's the power of reframing. It's about changing your perspective in a situation. I believe we're offered the opportunity to reframe our pain through pain, praise. See, Paul and Silas, were they not in prison? And it was their praise that activated the miracle, the earthquake that shook and set them free. I don't think it's any, see, as we were worshiping today, we saw what praising through pain looked like, did we not? 
It's no, it's no coincidence. I didn't, I, 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 was, I was writing this and I was studying and I was like, God, how do I get them to understand this concept of praising through pain? Cause that doesn't make sense. They're just words like praising through pain. Oh, you don't know what, like in the moment, I, my first response ain't gonna be praise. Like I, I'm thinking like, this is what y'all were thinking. Sorry, I made your voice like that, but. So I'm trying to work out, how am I going to have them see it? And here goes God delivering that moment right there. I believe that God wanted us to see that. He used you, sister. He used you. Not that, yes, it's painful, but you have to understand God will use everything, everything for his glory and everything to show us what it looks like to love and live through him. So I believe, as I was praying, I was like, God, how am I gonna show him? And it was right there. Oh my God, I'm so, I'm, this, the way God works is just incredible. He is in control. It's unreasonable. You gotta praise through the hardship. Praise is there for us to glorify him in all circumstances, amen? Yes, it's unreasonable. But sometimes it takes unreasonable faith to shake some things off of you. You gotta shake off that depression, shake off that pain, shake off the people that, are, that probably don't need to be around you, right? It takes some unreasonable action to do that. In all circumstances, God is still with you and always there to wrap his love around you. Because we can't win in this crazy world if, we're, if we don't get a little unreasonable with our faith. See, reason says we can't, but unreasonable faith says why not? Why can't we? Do we not know that God is on our side? Is God not with us? Has God not empowered us? Has God not made us? So what are we worried about? We have to keep going. Do you not trust God? That's actually my last question. And the band, you could come up. Do you not trust God? Verse eight, yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pray, pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him and when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and, she became, and he became her son. She named him Moses saying, I drew him out of water. I always love this part, of course, because we get to see all the stuff that happened and we get to see how it all worked out and it was so beautiful, right? She ends up paying, the Pharaoh's daughter ends up paying uh, Moses' mother to nurse her own son. How crazy is that? It's amazing. He ends up right back into his mother's arms and, and she's even paid for what she would have done for free. How many of y'all know there is no amount of money that, can, <laughs> that we can be paid as moms to do what we do, right? But it's nice to be offered a little something. <laughs> but that's not really where I wanna focus on this part of, of the story though. She names him Moses. I believe this is so prophetic and y'all, if you're sleeping, time to wake up. Come on, let's listen to this part. This is important, y'all. Moses has not been given this name until after he's nursed by his mother. Once his mother has done her job and releases him to purpose, that's when he's named. And it's Pharaoh's daughter 
that names him. An Egyptian, mind you, that gives him that name, which is a Hebrew name. So here's why this is so profound. In Hebrew, the word Moses or the name Moses is pronounced Moshe. And Moshe means to pull out, to draw out, or to save. What's more is since the rise of Egyptology and, and people started to be able to uh, uh, um, understand hieroglyphic writings, um, they discovered that the name Moses actually um, was also an Egyptian name with a similar pronunciation as uh, Moshe. And you know what that word means? Son. See, y'all don't get it yet. Come on, y'all. So let me, not only is this such a fitting name for his role in history, both in his infancy and his adulthood, for he is drawn out of water and saved, but then he draws the Israelites out of Egypt and the Red Sea, thereby saving them. But here's the great part. I believe that God is showing you and me today, because remember, None of this writing, none of this was available to them, the characters of the time. This is for us. I believe that God was showing us today that his plans for us all along was salvation through his son, Jesus. Moshe. The son was God's plan all along. He had to use somebody crazy enough to trust him through anything to be able to do this special assignment. The love of a mother we see is seen in, 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 in her sacrifice for her children, isn't it? We see that love and her willingness to do the difficult things that parenting requires to do what needs to be done. It is love that ends up saving the entire nation and eventually all of humanity to save her son she had to send her son away and to save us God had to send his son away to do what only he could do isn't that amazing if God came to you today and asked you to do something what excuse would you give him Would you give him that, I've never done that before? Or I'm too old or too young? Or what about this, but they're, but they're gonna hate me. Or they're gonna look at me like I'm stupid. That's your voice, guys. <laughs> That's what we sound like. I don't have enough in the bank to do that. When God asks us to do something, guys, it's never a good time. You know why? Because it's not on our time, it's on his time. Come on. God knows the forecast for centuries to come. We only know what's happening today. Do you trust him or not? God has and will always be in control. This is why we have to trust him. As God quietly orchestrated all the events that happened in Jehovah, Jacob, Jacob, Moses' mother's life. <laughs> Be assured that he is working in your life behind the scenes as well. Amen.
This message is not just for moms. If that's what you thought, you missed that. You missed the whole point. This message is for anyone who has ever wondered if they are loved or if they're seen. See, this is the one, this message is for the one that doubted or has ever doubted that God loves them. See, people understand or they, they can understand the love and the sacrifice of a mom, right? That seems to be pretty an easy place to get to, but they may not know or understand the great love of God who they've never met. What I want you to get is that this great love of a mother, which is we, we can understand, right? It comes from God. A mother doesn't care for her, doesn't care what her child has done. She doesn't care. She doesn't love him or her because, you know, of, of, of what they've done or stop loving him. That's better. She doesn't stop loving her child because of what that child has done. She loves that child because that child is hers. Right? And even in a mother's absence, as many of us can relate to that, that unconditional love is still available to you. He loves you. And God, I mean, he can't help but to love you. And it's not because, only because he is love, but because you're his. God's plan is salvation because he loves us. And I love that so much. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For this is the will of my father, he says, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. See, it's not enough for us to believe that God is real. That's nice, but that's not enough because even demons believe. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, all of us. We've done it and we still do it, but God still loves us no matter what. The only way for us to be in right relationship with him is through salvation, through Jesus. That's his plan. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's it. That's God's plan. A, B, C, D. That's it, Jesus. That's the plan. And it takes a yes to get there. Bow your heads, please. Close your eyes. We do that to remove any distraction around us and to hopefully get us to focus on our hearts right now and maybe even to hear that still small voice that's in all of us. Romans 10:9 tells us, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you've never made that declaration in your life, I believe today is your day. 
Today is the day of salvation. You're not promised tomorrow. God doesn't promise any of us tomorrow. And so today, you have a decision to make. You have this moment to make a choice to declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. So I'm asking you today one last question. Would you say yes to Jesus? Would you trust Jesus and say yes? Because he loves you. And he doesn't care what you've done. He doesn't care about your past failures or your mistakes. All he wants to do is wrap you in his love. And in order to continue to walk through your life with that love, with the power that he offers you, you have to say yes, because you know what? He's not gonna force himself on you. You gotta make a choice to say yes. And with that yes comes an endless life filled with love and glory and watching God's power at work in you. So I'm going to ask you one more time and, 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 and with a, your response is going to be a hand raising. So I want you to raise your hand if you'll say yes to Jesus. If you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never uh, uh, declared that Jesus is Lord or um, that he's in your heart, I want you to raise your hand if you're going to say yes, if you would say yes for the first time today. Come on, raise those hands, raise those hands. Raise, don't be scared. Don't reason with the world. The world don't care about what you got going on. The world doesn't have anything to offer you besides what you've already seen. That's right. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see them going up all around the world. Don't be scared. That feeling that you feel in your heart, in your gut, the one that's probably making you uh, nervous, that's the spirit of God that's already deposited in you. Remember, you are his. He loves you no matter what. There is nothing that you have done that can keep you away from him except for a decision that hasn't been made. It takes a yes. It takes a yes. One more time. Let me see those hands. Come on. Don't be scared. Why don't you, all, everybody, stand up with me, please. Come on. I know it may be a little nerve-wracking and you're like, man, I, this is a lot, but I feel something in me. If you raised your hand, why don't you come and meet me up front here? Come on, just move from where you are. You gotta move from where you are in order for Jesus to meet you where you're going to go. Come on, keep going. Come, 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 come. If you raised your hand, I saw a bunch of hands raised. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Yes. Come, come, kids. Come on. You're not too young to say yes to Jesus. Let's go. Come on. We can clap louder for our babies. Stand right here, babies. Let's go. Yes. And turn around. Come on. Yes. Come on. Let's go. Please shake your hand, sir. Yes, take your hand. Come on. This is adorable. Maybe 
Maybe you're feeling a little nervous and you're like, man, I don't want to go over there for all them people to see me. See, don't reason with the world. You got to trust that God, God is with you. God wants to wrap his love around you. Come on. Maybe, maybe you're sitting next to somebody. Why don't you look to your left and your right and offer to go with that person because at Cool Church, we're family here. And we never want you to do anything alone. So just to make sure, maybe it's nobody in here, I don't know, but go ahead and ask somebody, everybody in here, ask the people, look around you, see. If you're scared, I'll go with you. Because sometimes people just need to feel another hand to be able to make the move. See, you can't stay where you are if you want to see transformation and change in your life. Why don't you guys reach your hands out to these wonderful people? And if you're standing here, if you wouldn't mind, let's, let's raise our hands. You go ahead, raise your hands. And you know why you do this? You're doing this as a symbol to say that, you know what? I let go and I trust you, God, right? That's what that's about. You're not doing it for no other reason, but you're saying that, you know what, God, I trust you. I surrender. That's what this means. So you're going to pray this with me. Because the Bible says if you declare with your mouth, that means you have to say something, and you believe in your heart, then you will be saved. Isn't that great? So we're going to declare right now. You're going to repeat after me. Dear Lord, thank you for dying on the cross with me, for me. I love you, Lord. I'm sorry for all of my mistakes. I'm sorry for hurting you in the past. Today is a new day. Today is a new day. Today I say yes. Today I say yes. To you. To you. I will follow you. I will follow you. For all the days of my life. All the days of my life. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Come on. Let's yes. And I love that your family, if you turn around real quick, you'll see all these people our family to you. Look at that. You got brothers and sisters, aunties, and more mamas, because I know y'all have some mamas out here, right? And there's a sign right there to, the, to your right, my left, that says, welcome to the family. Now, what that's about is on th when I count, the whole room is going to go crazy. And really what's going to be happening or what that's about is that we're trying to show you how excited God is about your decision, right? He's excited. It's a celebration in heaven. So even if one, and it looks like it's more than one here, comes home, that there is a celebration in heaven. And so... When I, when I count to three, what you're going to do is walk over towards that sign and they're going to pray with you. And just if you have any questions, um, our team is going to explain to you what this decision was all about. And they're going to help you to figure out, OK, how do I do this uh, after today? Right. So on three, we're going to cheer for you louder than anyone has ever cheered for you because we're excited for you. Amen. So come on, family. One, two, three. Let them know. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. You know they shut my mic off when I was singing, though. <laughs> 
they're just jealous. I want to pray for all the mamas in the place. So, you know what? I think we need to move a little. So if you're a mama, come join me in the front here. And I want all the men in the place, all the kids in the place, all the sons, the daughters that are in the place. I want you, when they all get here, we're going to all pray together for all of our mamas. Amen? Let's go, let's go. Let's give it up for all the mamas in the house. I have a quick little story. The other day I was talking to a mom. Keep coming, keep coming. Make some room. Y'all know how to make room. I was talking to a mom the other day and she told me this great story about um, her last, the last pregnancy that she had, so her last kid. And she talked about, you know, the complications of it. There was a lot going on. Um, you know, I'll spare you some of the details, but she ended up in, on the floor, like, of the hospital where other women had, they, they had miscarried. So, you know, they put her in there because they, they, they assumed she was going to miscarry. They said, okay. They counted her out pretty much, right? And she was talking about this story and how she just prayed to God with all the faith that she had in her. And she said, you know, if you let me have this baby, Lord, I promise to give that baby to you. That baby will be yours. In other words, that baby will be separated and de destined and, and used for your special purposes, Lord. I, I will give that baby back to you. She made that promise to him. And with all the faith, she never let go of that faith. She said she was going to have that baby in Jesus' name. She just knew it. Today, that God remained faithful. And that mother was Mama Jermaine who prays with y'all. And that son was Pastor Terrence Wilson. The world, the world told her that that baby was not going to live, but that mother's unreasonable faith is why we're all able to stand in this place and glorify and worship a God who loves us in all circumstances. Amen? You never lose that unreasonable faith. Mama, don't worry about all the hardships. God loves you. He chose you to do this job. I know it's hard. The dad, maybe you're a single mom. I know it's hard, but you're still chosen. He may have left you, you're still chosen. He may have hurt you, you're still chosen. You have everything inside of you to do what God has assigned you to do. This is an assignment. And judging by my mom, she ain't done with that assignment. She's still working, sometimes working on my nerves, but I love you, mama. I'm just kidding. I love you, mama. Mom, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. The word of the Lord for you is, do you not know 
that God is with you? Do you not know that he loves you? Has he not equipped you? Has he not empowered you? Has he not designated you for this special purpose? You better get that grit and that boldness back in you. Don't you let this world steal what God has deposited in you. He has given you his spirit to power through all things. There is nothing that you cannot do, amen? You lift up your hands and I wanna release on everybody in this place the unreasonable faith of a mother because we need it if we're going to win lost souls for Jesus. We're gonna need it if we're going to continue to build our communities. We say no to the schemes of the enemy. We say no to all the things that they're trying to put on us and labels and all of that. Absolutely not. God sees us. He loves us. We are his. Father God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day that you have made. I thank you for being a father who is willing to do anything for his kids. God, I pray, Lord, for all of these mothers who you've chosen to do your special work, special assignment. God, I pray that you give them the strength to keep going. Lord, when we are weak, you are strong. They don't have to worry about the past, about what they think they don't have because they have you, so they have everything that they need to win. And devil, I speak to you directly. You stay underneath our feet because we serve a God who is higher than any scheme you can throw at us. We will not bow down for we are God's chosen. We are strong. We are filled with his power. We say yes and amen to everything that he's given us to do. And we bless our children. May they grow in strength and stature. May, 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 may they do what they've been called to do. May we push them into purpose. That is our job, that is our assignment. May we never hesitate to do what he's told us to do in Jesus' name. And God's moms, women, God's people, let's say amen and praise God. so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.